0: This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com.
1: I get to talk to someone who not only played for the Miami Dolphins and is in the NFL Hall of Fame. He also played for a school that's near and dear to my heart, even though I didn't go there, the University of Notre Dame, Nick Bunacani. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing great, thank you, guys. Are you doing as good as Notre Dame is this year? Uh, Notre Dame is... Uh
0: it, it, it's turning out to be a miracle season for, for the Irish, and I think everybody would would uh, say in the beginning of the year if uh, if anybody would have thought they would have been undefeated going into the final game with seven Cal, the odds probably would have been a thousand to one. Now, how did you end up growing up in Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, attending South Bend at Notre Dame? <laughs> Well, I had uh, a couple good influences uh, for that. Uh, one was one was uh, Angelo Bertelli, who was the Heisman Trophy winner. If you remember back, uh, I guess it was in the '40s, and uh, he was right. from uh, Washburn, well He was from West Springfield, Mass, and he went to my high school. And uh, he was, of course, he was uh, just a, a great all-around athlete. And there was another. A um, man who went to my high school, graduated two years before me. His name was Joe Chibelli, and Joe ended up uh, uh, not finishing at Notre Dame, but he he influenced me to to at least take a visit out there. And uh, you know, being a small kid from a from an Italian family and living in an all Italian neighborhood, and uh, you know, not really being exposed socially to. Well, to some of the, uh, the, the finer things in life, uh, I was uh, I was really enamored with the fact when I when my father and I took a trip out there, uh, you know, we just became enamored with the entire situation, mission and, and the history of Notre Dame and the founding of it. I thought of Charlie and and the thing that sort of uh, captured us was uh, the Golden Dome. And my father saw the Golden Dome and all its splendor, the beautiful day. Uh, uh, he said, this is where you're going to school. And um, so, uh, you know, he helped me He helped me make the decision, and, uh, and I never really regretted
1: it. In Notre Dame, I mean, when you started there was one coach, and then Eric Parsi and goes to Northwest to Notre Dame, what, halfway through your career there?
0: Well, no, it was uh, my freshman year. Uh, I was recruited by Terry Brennan and his staff. He had a great bunch of assistant coaches and um, uh what ended up happening is at Christmas time of my freshman year, uh they let Terry Brennan go, which which I thought was 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 not a great decision on the part of the university because uh I thought Terry Brennan, you know, was, was a very good coach and, and I really liked his assistance. But uh anyway that Terry Brennan was fired at Christmas time and uh, and it was really much to my dismay because I thought he had, a, he had a terrific coaching staff, and I really enjoyed being with those people. And um, uh, the university went out and he hired uh, an extra from Notre Dame guy by the name of Joe Kuharik. And Kuharik, I guess, was co- he had been coaching at the Washington Redskins, and um, he came. And uh, the next three years uh, under under Kuharik were probably. Uh, as grim a grim of three years that anybody could ever have and uh, you know and, and play and play you know major college football he was he just didn't understand how to coach uh, young players I mean he, he tried try to bring a pro system into a college uh, atmosphere Uh his work ethic it was uh, was was demeaning to the players and it was it was just not a pleasant experience and and our record showed it, I think, in uh, the three years that I played under Kaharek, Uh I was, uh, we won 12, 12 games out of the three years, and and that was, you know, 12 out of 30 is not a great, is not a great record. So, uh, you know, so anyways, uh, the great thing is at Notre Dame uh, is that what they did for me is, is something that can never be replaced. It's, uh, they gave they, they gave me the opportunity to grow socially and, and uh you know and and respected and, and able to respect the uh uh you know what you know what what my family brought me up to be and that is uh respect you know respect your respect your uh elders uh, uh, enjoy life but but uh uh with the social graces that they were Able to give me, uh, with something that you can't attain. So, and it's, uh, and I'll assume it was a great, was a great, great experience. Yeah. I'll assume you also had forged some, some friendships during your college days that exist, you know, five decades later. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, uh, no, you, you build friendships that, you know, at, at school that, you know, never, you know, never go away. And, uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, but, but not only that. You're part of the Notre Dame family. When you're part of the Notre Dame family, it's a uh, it's something that is uh, that you that you will take to your grave, and and that's why when good things happen, you know, for Notre Dame, like like they are happening this year, uh, you know, we all sort of re- we all rejoice in the fact that uh, that the great school, the great tradition, is uh, it lives on, and uh, it's uh, just a wonderful feeling.
1: You had to be so happy when the Boston Patriots uh, signed you because you got to go back to the East Coast?
0: Well I was uh, yeah, I was, was either go go to the Patriots, which in Boston, which was 90 miles from my home, or go to Calgary, which was uh, 3,500 miles from my home. <laughs> so it was not a, it was not a difficult decision to make, uh, and number one is I didn't want to play in the Canadian uh, Football League. And and number two is you know having been close to home, and you know I was I was drafted like 13th by the uh, by the Patriots, so it was not like I, I had a layup going there. So you know I had to make the team, and, and uh, it was a uh, it was a uh, it was a you know it was a long climb, uh, but obviously uh, you know I, I got lucky and I made the team, and and uh, spent seven great years there. Love Boston, love the people. Uh, it's still, you know, everybody still thinks I'm coming back. You know, they they still can't believe that I'm living in Miami. Uh, so <laughs> it's, a, it's it's remarkable that uh I made such, such great friends on the Patriots and relationships that, you know, Gino Capoletti, Larry Eisenhower was, uh, you know, great, just great defensive lineman, Houston Antoine, Jimmy Hunt, Bob D. Uh, you know, it was just a... Terrific team, Bay Prelly was the quarterback, and Larry Guerin, Ron Burton. I mean, it was a, it was just a really, really solid bunch of guys, and uh, and it was just wonderful to be part of it.
1: Boston probably and, had better Italian food than Calgary would have. I'm Italian too, so I know food's important.
0: Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. North the north end of Boston is uh, is, is regarded as the you know as the, everybody thinks the. The time section in New York's good. Until I go to the North End of Boston, then I really get good food. How difficult was the transition from defensive tackle to linebacker? Uh, I I didn't I didn't have a transition. I played linebacker. I played long, I mean, they, they had me playing offensive guard on offense because we had to go both ways. To, and back then. okay, you had to play both offense and defense. So I played offensive guard and, and linebacker. And every once in a while, I would go down in three-point stance, uh, you know, to if uh, the defense called for it. But I normally, I normally played linebacker for for ND. and uh, you know, I was the I was the only, uh, unfortunately, I, at the time I was the only All-American my senior year on the team, and um, it's uh, interesting, you know, it's the football. It was the uh, coaches, the, the football coaches. Uh, college football coaches all-american team and it wasn't the kodak team so uh because it wasn't the kodak team and i'll never forget it. i was beaten out by by a guy by the name of joe romick from uh uh from colorado and romick had a 4.0 average and was an engineer and uh uh that's the last of you, last you heard of him but uh anyway uh it was a uh, it was something and because of that it, it's getting me out of the uh college football hall of fame no that's the only hall of fame that I'm not in I'll tell you but, yeah one. that was an all I was a first team all American but yet it wasn't the Kodak
1: team oh. so you probably don't buy Kodak so products maybe, so maybe
0: maybe, maybe maybe you guys can champion my
1: <laughs> your because
0: we'll pick it up
1: <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing I'm sure <laughs> you don't buy Kodak products to this day uh, no thank, thank
0: god they went out of business <laughs> so after all your success with the Patriots to be traded to the Miami Dolphins what, what was that like what went through your head when you heard that well it was, uh, it was you know obviously what ended up happening is Mike Holovac was fired and they brought Cleve Rush in from, uh, from the New York Jets and uh, Cleve you know Cleve claimed the fame was uh, you know he coached Joe Namath and Joe Namath uh, beat the Baltimore Colts in the Super Bowl so I mean that was his claim to fame. I and mean, the first thing he did basically was without even talking to me, uh, he said that, uh, I was making too much money. I was making, I think I was making, uh, I don't know, $30,000 a year. And he said, I was making too much money and I was, uh, I was, uh, uh, and I was going to law school nights and, and, and I was getting my degree, uh, in, in 68. I got my law degree and he got there and then, uh, uh, he said, "You know, what we really don't need is an attorney for the defense." And uh, and so he he basically traded me for nothing. And he traded no. me for uh, for Tim Hammond, John Bramlett, and uh, fifth round draft choice. And that was the best player. I mean, no, not not. I'm not going to say that. But I was one of the best players on the team.
1: In Miami was in, in Miami was on its way up there because Shula took over as head coach and. With Mercury? No, and Morris. no, 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 no. And I, was, I got traded in 69.
0: Right. 69, you were there before. Shula. I was there one year before Shula, and that was the, uh, that was George Wilson was the coach. And, uh, uh, you know, things never, things didn't change until Shula got there. And then when he got there, you know, things dramatically changed.
1: Because Shula knew what he was doing. I mean, he goes from the Colts where he had a very successful team, and he comes over there, and your defense was absolutely stellar.
0: Well, you know, he was, uh, he, he had, he had unbelievable assistant coaches. I mean, all the way from Monty Clark on the offensive line, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, Bill Arnsberger on the defensive, and the defensive, uh, coordinator. And, uh, you know, we had, uh, we just had, we had terrific coaches. Most scary was the defensive line coach and Tom Keane was the defensive back coach. And, uh, you know, it was just a, just a super, you know, Howard Schnellenberger was the receivers coach, so it was a super bunch of assistant coaches. And you put, you know, you put, you put those guys all together in one room, and you're gonna, you're gonna come up with a with a good game plan every every game. Now you may not win every game, but it's not because of the game plan. It's because you know maybe we didn't execute the game plan. But it was a, uh, it, it was a, you know, it was this a stellar group of assistant coaches, and you know, Don. Don was, uh, you know, I always say this, the, the great thing about Don Shulu and me is the fact that uh, uh, not only did I, you know, I learn a lot of football from Don, but he, he really is a, the most highly principled individual I've ever ever been around in the, in the game of football. And, uh, you know, I took, those, I took those into my business life and it really helped me succeed. And, um, you know, he's just, a, he's just a super, super leader. You also had a, a general manager, Joe Thomas, right? Who uh, was pretty. Adept Joe, Thomas, yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas traded traded for me. He traded for Paul Warfield. He traded for. Uh, 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 he made the Larry Little trade. He, so he was he was instrumental also in, in, in helping us. And but you know that, that so not only him, but you know then then you followed him with Bobby Beathard, and Bobby was uh, a great. Great general manager, and then George Young followed him. So if you look at the the transition of of what you know what happened with the Dolphin franchise, uh, you can understand why you know during
1: a, a segment of, of, of years that uh, why the team was so good. Because back at that time, there wasn't a lot of trading in the NFL. Till this day, they still don't trade, and he trades for three Hall of Famers and you, Little, and um, Paul Orfield... Yeah, and
0: then he also traded for uh, uh, Mar Fleming. Uh, he picked up he picked up uh, uh, Wayne Moore on waivers. Uh, he picked up Jim Langer on waivers. He picked up Bob Kuchenberg on, la- on waivers. And so you got Langer, Hall of Fame, Kuchenberg, who should be in the Hall of Fame. And Wayne, It's a travesty that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't understand. I, I still to this day don't understand that. Uh, and then you had Wayne Moore, who was uh, who was a great. Just a great tackle for us and now and along the way he picked up he picked up Doug Swift our starting linebacker Mike Colin, was drafted so I mean you know all in all it's uh it was a it was a you know pretty good uh pretty good uh, way to reap the harvest now did the the players embrace the name the no name defense yeah I mean it was it was it was funny because you know you know how it happened man. You know, Tom Landry was preparing for the Super Bowl against us. and he, and he looked at the roster and he said, uh, you know, these guys had nothing but a bunch of no names. And, um, and that's how someone picked it up in the paper. And, and, um, and that's, you know, that's how we got tagged with the no name defense. And, and the answer is yes. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely, I, you know, we, we really embraced it because, you know, we weren't the pe- purple people leaders and we weren't the fearsome foursome. Mm-hmm. Right, we were the no-name defense, and it was it was something that uh, I think we all embraced.
1: That seventy-two team. When did you realize that it was special and you had a chance to go undefeated?
0: Uh, well, uh, I mean, you've heard the story. I mean, no one, you know, no one expect no one expected to to go undefeated. I mean, you know, we we that was not our goal. The goal was uh, to just get back to the Super Bowl. We had we you know we had embarrassed ourselves so much. Year before, with uh, you know, with the uh, getting slaughtered by the Dallas Cowboys, I believe it was twenty-four to six or something like that, and it was uh, was it, it was hugely embarrass embarrassing, and uh, uh, you know, so the whole objective is was to just get back to the Super Bowl, and uh, you know, we um, the wins, you know, the wins just you know sort of happened. I mean, they just one after the other, and. And what was happening, which, you know, which I think is the key to any, any, you know, any team having a great record is that they, um, uh, is, is that someone either offensively or defensively steps up to make a, make a, an incredible play. And, um, uh, and that's what happened to us, uh, game after game. Someone stepped up. Manny Fernandez picks off the ball, takes the ball from, uh, Quarterback from the Bills and 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 helps win the game. I intercept Namath on the goal line, to help win the game. Uh, you know, uh, Warfield uh, makes a great catch against Cleveland in, in, in a uh, playoff game that uh, sets up the winning touchdown. I mean, it goes it goes like you go on and on. Every game that we played, someone stepped up and made a uh, made a, an incredible play to help preserve the uh, the win. So. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're, you know, you're fourteen and zero and you're in the playoffs and so it was, you know, it was really not it was not something that that you know that you planned for. It's just something that just happened. You, you spoke of Hall of Fames earlier. Is is there one that uh, stands out above the others that you're a member of? Well, I mean, that's, you know, when you when you're talking about two hundred and seventy three players who played the game, being in the Hall of Fame, I would, I would think that's, you, know, you know, the NFL Hall of Fame. I mean, that's, that's the epitome of success. I mean, that's, that's recognition by your peers that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know that, that you are good enough to, to be a, be in a select group. So, you know, I'm, I'm in the Patriot Hall of Fame. I'm in the uh, Dolphin Hall of Fame. I'm, you know, in, uh, I'm in the Italian Hall of Fame in Chicago. which is is an honor. And uh, so, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, the NFL Hall of Fame, obviously, is the epitome of success. Okay. Great interview with Nick Bonacani. After the break, we have Marla Gibbs, actress from the Jeffersons, 227, and other television uh, programs of note. You are listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.